loud. Wow. For me, it is. Is that extra fast? It is. Gotta bring that down somehow. That is loud. Holy moly. Maybe not so bad for everybody else. Guess I'll just turn it down in my. Oh. Oof. Must be my own headphones here, Calvin. It's not too loud for you. I'm good. Yeah. Alright. Here we are. Getting ready for it. Getting back into it. I'm just going to let this play right out. Beautiful. What a wonderful clip of music that is. That's the... That's the sweet sounds of George Michael on the saxophone. I assume he played saxophone. If he didn't, so be it. Maybe he was just singing. I don't even know. It's sweet. And we are Careless Whispers on CLNS Radio. My name is Matt Rury. Calvin Chamberlain on the other side of the country. Uh, haven't spoken to you on this show in a while because of various things, breakdowns and conflicts. Uh but happy free agent day, Calvin. It's currently the first day of NBA free agency. Woo! Calvin? I'm happy, Ray. I'm much happy with it. the start of NBA free agency. It's not going so I, could, I couldn't I couldn't hear you at all for a second there, and then you came back in. Uh, so why don't you start over? Go ahead. Well, all I really did was make a noise. It sounded like this. Uh, oh, yeah, I didn't hear that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little uh, little down in the mouth, as they say, about free agency so far. Well, we'll get, to, we'll get to free agency later in the show. I do want to tell everybody that we are brought to you by lynda.com. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com. Head on over to lynda.com slash CLNS right now to get your free 10-day trial. And uh, while you're at it, go to twitter.com slash peakbrewing because they are a delicious organic beer. And I promise that is the last live read you will hear for the rest of the night. Done and done. This is a live read free show. They can take it out of my wallet. I don't care. I'm not doing any tonight, Nick Gelso, CLNS Radio. Right. How do you feel about that in the morning? What a question, though. Can I watch a video at lynda.com which teaches me how to open a peak brewing beer? You probably could figure that out because I'm sure if somebody doesn't know how to use Twitter at this point or how to go find peak brewing on Instagram, you can sign up for your free 10-day trial at lynda.com slash CLNS and they'll tell you how to get an account there and go find those people and get some good beer. That's a good job, Calvin. Thank you. Saving the day. But that's it. That's it. That's it for the rest of the show, because we are going to talk yeah. a lot of NBA tonight. We have a Liz Ferola sandwich on NBA bread. Liz is going to come on with us in a little while and to give us some crazy, wily topics. And if they're not crazy and, and wild, then uh, shame. Shame. So she better be bringing the heat. That's what I have to say, Calvin. Definitely. All right. Uh, I'm hoping that you're not going to keep no. cutting in and out of here. Am I out again? As, 
Well, you, not now, but when, I can tell now. I figured it out when you're silent, so I'm just going to keep going with it until I can hear the sort of background noise that is not total silence, and then I'm going to throw it to you. We're going to see how this goes. It's going to be fun because it's our first episode in a few weeks, and we're talking NBA free agency, we're talking NBA draft, and uh, we're just going to have, have a good time with it no matter what. Pamela's going to work, that dirty bee. She's going to work, and it's going to be great. Here we go. We start with the NBA draft because it's the first thing that happened, and it's probably the thing that uh, Calvin is going to have over, the, over me for the next couple of months because, for whatever reason, I just don't see foresee free agency going well for either team, but I feel like the Celtics have a better shot at free agency. And that's my first opening thought on that, and we'll get to that later. But first, the NBA draft, because I think that the Lakers did a better job here, Calvin. Granted, they were drafting higher, but they definitely got the better talent than the Celtics did. And uh, we could talk about the Celtics' four draft picks here. We'll see how many are going to stick. But I'm curious to see the Lakers' side of things to start this show a few minutes in. Let's go with the Lakers topic to start it. Lakers draft, Calvin. How do you feel? Well, everybody expected the Lakers to draft uh, Chihilo before. Uh, he's been the number two prospect. I mean, he was the number one prospect for much of the year. But, you know, as the draft approached, he was the number two prospect. Everybody said, you know, those two guys were ahead of everybody else. And then I'm, I'm, and I've always been skeptical. I, you know, uh, Mad Dog called a couple of weeks ago before the draft. And I said I, I wasn't sure about Javiel Okafor. I didn't like, you know, I don't like non-defensive big men in, unless they're, like, supremely offensive. But even in that case, he just strikes me as an Al Jefferson type. He doesn't have a ton of range. He's not, he, he's not a dominant rebounder for his size, I, especially on the offensive board glass. He's not, you know, that guy who's just going to get you more opportunities, which is a sort of, form of defense if you want to look at it that way. As somewhat of an Al Jefferson type, and I don't think you can win with that kind of player. So, you know, I was sort of resigned to having him on the team. And I didn't, more importantly, I didn't think he fit with Julius Randle, who's also a low post type player who, you know, a little bit undersized his power at power forward with not a shot blogger. Like, their, their defense is going to be terrible with those two guys. I mean, it may be terrible anyway, but at least it's not terrible with their defensive so, rotation locked into place. So you, are you saying that you think Russell's going to be a better fit than Okafor would be right off the bat? That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, okay, so, so hold it right there then, because this is something that I wish Danny Ainge would, would take into account more often. Danny Ainge always says that his philosophy is to take the best player on the board, regardless of how he fits on the team. He wants the best talent, best player on the board. And I've always believed that there has to be a mix of best talent and best fit. If there's two guys that you think are similar and one of them is going to fit into your team a little bit better, then why wouldn't you take the one that fits, right? And I feel like this this is what the Lakers did. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think that's sort of the flaw in the asset collection model. Like, the Warriors just won the title, right? And they won the title with, with Draymond Green sort of being their second most important player. Now, it would, he wouldn't be the second most important player on a lot of teams. Like, 
maybe you know they're at an impasse right now. Uh, the Warriors and, and Draymond. Well, the point is, Rory, that like the, sometimes players fit better in certain systems than in others. Like Draymond Green is not a superstar on most teams, but with the Warriors who just won the title, like he fits all the needs that players have. We talk all the time about like you know when we evaluate guys like Jared Sullinger on the Celtics or like how he can't play with a guy like Kelly Olynyk but maybe he could play with a rim protector. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's all a matter of who fits with who and, like, how much a guy is worth there. I, I don't think you can draft. You can't just collect assets. Like, 76ers did the same thing when they drafted Okafor uh, after Russell. And speaking of that, I, I, do, I, I, I still think that they should explore making a trade with the Celtics for, you know, Marcus Smart for Noel. That, that trade makes sense to me for both teams because it, it involves fit. Like, you can't just asset collect your, your, your team to become a good team. That team you, know, yeah. you have to put the pieces together properly. This is why I would, I would, I would point to Philadelphia and say, what, what's wrong with you? Danny Age apparently tried to make a deal. He, said, he admitted to, to uh, offering a deal that was, he thought was overpaying for the asset, which means Noel, and that it, Smart would be out of town and he offered a bunch of draft picks, and I think that at that point maybe he was looking at need. And that when when Ainge is trading, he looks at need. When he's drafting, he looks at talent. And I think that's because he thinks that he can just swing a, a great deal for, with a talented player involved uh, and some draft picks. And it, it it doesn't necessarily work that way anymore. People are are sort of onto his game. GMs around the league are onto the way that he likes to, to do things, and they're probably going to drive a hard bargain for him when he's trying to swing deals like this. So I don't really think that Philadelphia made the right decision here, but as far as Ainge's reputation is concerned, maybe they just didn't want to deal with him because he's looked, he's looked at as this guy that really won the Brooklyn Nets trade and – uh, people around the league may be afraid to, to deal with Danny Ainge at this point, but the other side of it is that the assets that Ainge is throwing at him, uh, him in Sam Hinkie in Philadelphia, are not that great. The the draft picks, as far as the Brooklyn ones are concerned, could turn out to be pretty good. I hope they do because I wish nothing but the worst for that franchise. And but obviously, I wouldn't want the Celtics draft picks to be to be very high in the draft because I want them to be a good team in the near future. So this is the problem where you have to sacrifice uh, potential talented draft picks and try and figure out a way to trade for better players in the NBA. And this is the way that Danny has tried to do things, Calvin, and it's starting to backfire. I will agree with you on that point uh, and to steal your thunder. Go ahead. Well, I mean, the, the Philadelphia trade offer was, was pretty ridiculous. I'm not sure... I, in fact, I, I don't think that I would trade Noel for Smart straight up. So the idea that you would trade Noel for no a Smart and the number sixteen pick for Noel and the number three, that's just like that that's a that's a ludicrously low ball offer. So I don't know if, if that's true or not, but I I, I mean uh, to me that's not representative of of why I think that that you know having all these draft picks. Uh, well, I think no. I think that eventually Ainge offered up all the other or many of the other draft picks that he had as well, and they still said no. Yeah, I just think that the value of number three it would have been a more interesting trade if they had just tried to make a play for Noel 
who, you know, is a, a young, big grim protector, the kind of guy that they, especially now that they've drafted Okafor, I feel like they should look back into trying to make a trade with Philadelphia, a team that doesn't have any young guards. So maybe maybe they are interested in Marcus Smart. Um, I'm not sold on, on Marcus Smart as a as a star player. So and they certainly have enough undersized guards. So I I think that they sh- they should be interested in, in in at least exploring the possibility of trading for a guy like Noel who can guard the rim. But well, this sort of leaks into the uh, the free agency thing. But the Celtics did sign Amir Johnson. How do you feel about his rim protection? Because that's what people are saying he is. Yeah, and I mean. Granted, the Celtics don't have much. He's definitely their best rim protector on the roster now. Uh, but um, in general, what do you think? I I don't think that Amir Johnson is a rim protector. He's more of a of a Tristan Thompson kind of guy who can he can guard his position well, but he's not really an uh, he's more of an on ball defender than an off ball defender in my opinion. I I don't think that he's I don't have his shot blocking numbers in front of me, but I right. But compared to the rest of the Celtics, yeah. No, certainly, but I, I, I mean, you know, Bass has been a, a defender at that position, and I, I think that Amir Johnson will be more defensively more in line with what you'd get out of Bass in terms of like, you know, a good defender at his position. But you never expect well, Bass to to rotate over and block any shots, right? Amir Johnson's a similar kind of player. Um, but that, that but let's not give away anything about the NBA free agency talk because yeah. that. Uh, that's a little sneak peek for you right there. Yeah. Continue on with this so, draft. Stuff. Here's here's the thing about draft picks. Okay, at the time at the time that he, uh, Danny Ainge made, or actually basically right after Danny Ainge made the trade with the Nets, the value of draft picks escalated to extreme to an extreme degree because of the new CBA, which was going to limit teams' ability to sign other people's free agents, and it it has made it more difficult. And, and placed a premium on having, uh, you know, guys who are who are not paid very much on your roster. The value of having guys on the rookie deals at the time of, of the, the new CBA was huge. But now, what's what's happened now in in you know the new market is that with this upcoming television deal, everyone's uh, everyone's salary cap is going to increase. Nobody is going to be you know pushing the cap over the next season. Every team is going to have to spend money, so the idea that you need to like have six rookies on your on your roster or have a bunch of it, it's sort of been sort of devalued the idea of draft picks to the point where now it's sort of balanced out. There was a report that the Celtics offered six draft picks to Charlotte to try to move up to number nine to take Justice Winslow, mm-hmm. a guy I love, by the way, I love Justice Winslow, and Charlotte said no because Michael Jordan wanted to draft Frank Kaminsky. Like, <laughs> Sorry, I just had to laugh at Michael Jordan there yeah. for a second. I mean, I, yeah, I don't. Outrageous. Yeah. We'll we'll see what Frank Kaminsky is in a, as a pro. I, I don't like him at number nine, but uh, that being that being said, that's that's neither here nor there to me. I think the bigger point is that the Celtics tried to move six six draft picks really to get into this year's draft to get to number nine, and they couldn't do it. Why? Because again, the the value of those picks that like as as recently as a year ago seemed to be sky high is now it's now stabilized to where 
they're, you know, as low or lower than they were previously. Unless one of those picks falls into oh. the top, you know, seven or eight, uh, and, it, and potentially it could, but outside of that, the rest of those picks aren't really worth much. They had to draft four guys this year. How many of those guys are going to make the team? I mean, we can talk about the, the draft. It's the draft itself in a second. But I'm just talking about the. Yeah, no. Let's let's talk. Let's talk about that right now. Let's talk about the four Celtics okay, draft then. picks. And uh, and and uh, how many of those guys are going to make the team? I'd love to talk about that. I because already, unfortunately. I, I already saw an article that that says the, yep. uh, the Celtics have already decided that that uh, Marcus Thornton Part Two is not going to be on the team next year. Uh, of course, yes. That's that's the obvious yeah. part. So, uh, you know, you you imagine drafting Rosier means that that they're not going to bring bring back Phil Pressy. You you would you assume as a lock, right? But, yes, that, I mean I would believe that as well. Although he's guaranteed a million dollars this year, right? So we'll see about that as well. They, they have James Young, so they need to try to find some way to work in, right? So they, yep. you know, uh-huh. last year's two rookies. They have they have Rosier. They have Hunter. Uh, they have the other guy that drafted the second round. His name is Jordan Mickey. Mind right now. Jordan Mickey, who they believe is going to make the team because he's a, a big shot blocking type of player. And here we go again. I, I don't want to say the guy's name, but I will. Fab Mello. Can we say Fab Mello? I don't know much about Jordan Mickey, but this is this just reminds me of Danny Ainge pumping up Fab Mello to say that he's going to be a shot blocking type of player for the Celtics, and we're going to have him, and he's going to play well. Colton Iverson, who's in the summer league for the Celtics this year, again, he played in Europe in the previous uh, year, and I think he was in the D League for a little while. He is a guy that uh, the Celtics were looking at to be that type of shot-blocking center, and I'm just worried that Jordan Mickey is another one of these guys that uh, is is not going to be able to fit the bill, but who knows? There are reports that, that he's the most athletic big man on the Celtics, so... Uh, that's not right. saying a whole lot because slow-footed Olenek and uh, fat-ass Selinger are on this team. So uh, you never know what's gonna who, who can jump out of the room against those guys, right? Right. And now I looked at I looked at CBS uh, Sports' draft grades because they, they had instant draft grades, and credit doesn't mean anything because who knows how guys' skills are going to translate to the NBA. But it was interesting because the Celtics were the only team in the league to get an, an outright F, and. Yeah, going back to Rosier, it apparently like they could have got him at the hunter spot, and and more importantly, I don't know why they didn't right, grab Decker. More importantly, he's a six-two guard. Like, where's where's he playing? Where's right? It's 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 he's right. Avery Bradley two point oh. I mean, I, does that mean does that mean they're trying to trade Avery Bradley? Does it mean they're trying to trade Marcus Smart? Maybe, and I just I think I feel like Danny Ainge at this point, Calvin is is overvaluing himself in his, and his ability to pull a trade. And I think that he's hanging on to seven years ago a little too much, and he needs to get off of that horse and start finding guys that are going to fit the system a little bit better. And maybe I'm just talking out of my ass here, and Brad Stevens is in on these players as well. And if that's the case, then more more power to him. If, if Brad Stevens is thinking that – that these are the types of players that he wants in his system and that he wants to, to coach and that they can do well with these players and this roster, then by all means, Danny Ainge, go with your coach, see what happens, throw it out on the floor. 
But if you're going to try and sell to me that you're you're getting the best talent out there because he's the best talent, then you're not picking Terry Rosier. You're picking Sam Decker because he's going to fit a little bit better. And this is what I'm going back to before. If there's there's no clear difference between these two players as far as something that you need is concerned, you go with a guy that fits better. And guess what? You have too many of these players. You have Avery Bradley, Marcus Smart, James Young. You don't even know what he's going to be. And I'm just I'm a little worried that Ainge is relying on his own ability to, to make a trade and people around the league are, are not buying it anymore. Yeah, it, it, and again, it's like we, we talked about this a couple of years ago when he, when he kept making all these trades for, for first-round draft picks. Like, those were all brilliant trades at the time. But the, the problem with those trades is they had to be the means to another end. They couldn't be the end themselves because the, the Celtics just don't have enough. It lets NBA teams don't have enough roster spots to, to fit in all the rookies that they, that they have to bring in every year if you have three first-round draft picks. And unless you can package some of those picks to move up or to you know, trade for a player, then you, you're sort of stuck with, with middling guys, like 16 and 28 guys. They, you know, they have their pick and the next pick next year. Well, you know, the Nets are probably going to be, you know, around an 8-9-10 seed. The Celtics are probably going to be around an 8-9-10 seed. And what do they, what do they end up with? You know, in, they're going to end up with what? You know, the 11th and, and the 13th pick next year, in which, it, by all accounts, right now is is a disturbingly thin draft, according to uh, a lot of the draft experts. Like it's it's it's, it's yes, and that's next that's year's what draft I'm wondering supposed to be Ben Simmons well. and basically nobody else. So. Is this more of an indication that uh, that Danny Danny Ainge saw a player that he really wanted in Winslow, or is this an indication that he re- looks forward to the the draft picks that he has in the next year and says, "Oh crap, what did I do?" I'm not sure which way it is because maybe he did really want Winslow that bad, and if that's the case, he should make a phone call right now and throw everything he has to try and get that kid. But my point is, is what he it, it's unfortunate for him, but what he has now with these picks is not what he had with these picks a couple of years ago. Those first round draft picks just don't mean as much anymore in the NBA because of the shifting landscape. It's just the same same exact thing happened to the Lakers with their free agency catch. They set themselves up to to be major players in a in a market that no longer supported that that notion because you know teams could re-sign their players. At a higher rates, and now that's sort of flipped back. But we'll get we'll get into that when it comes to free. The, the Lakers have screwed themselves in other ways. We'll get back to that when it comes to free agency. But I, I think that unfortunately, in Ames' case, I feel like the the shifting market has sort of backfired on him. And that that's really what I was talking about with these draft picks. I don't see unless they're you know really good draft picks next year. I don't see what what you get for you know moving the Celtics and the Nets draft picks next year uh, in terms of what, what level of an asset, but you're, you're probably not getting a star for that, so what are we talking about? Another another mid-level piece that keeps the Celtics sort of in that, that lane that they're in right now? In the playoffs, yep. Uh, that, uh, I, I'm afraid that's what Danny H is looking for because it made the fan base happy last year, uh, but you know what? I think the fan base is going to be looking for a step in the next direction uh, because 
take a level or go up a level here. They don't want to see another seven or eight seed right now. Um, I'm pretty sure that looking at a young team with a coach that is lauded as one of the best up-and-coming coaches in the NBA by a lot of people, and I think he's been great, if they don't take a step in the next direction and grab a five seed or contend for the, the division crown this year, then I don't think that that's a step in the right direction. And I think that that's a holding pattern, and that's not what Danny Ainge is looking for. So he's trying to make a big splash with uh, with trades, and he says that free agents will come to the Celtics, and we'll get to that in a few minutes here. Uh, but I'm, I don't know if I'm really buying it anymore, Calvin, and I'm going to be excited to, for the team next year. I like a lot of the players that are under contract. I think that they're going to be fun to watch. I think that they will be a playoff team as constituted right now if, if you look at their, their top-level talent and maybe a first-round draft pick or two thrown in there uh, because they were last year. And the other teams through the draft haven't necessarily improved. So we'll see what happens in free agency. But if you're asking me right now, I'm going to be happy to, to go and watch some, some Celtics games, but I'm not going to be happy with the direction that they're going. And if he doesn't make a move – uh, that impresses me here pretty soon. Uh, we're going to have a lot to criticize next year uh, as far as Danny Ainge is concerned. But for now, are you all set with this draft? Yeah, stuff? we're good. Well then, are you all set with moving around and shifting your device? Uh, have I been moving around a bunch? I don't know. Let's ask Liz. Liz? You've been moving around a lot. <laughs> Boom! I don't like to ask Liz things. I gave you my heart. Let's ask Liz. That's a new segment. <laughs> thank you, Liz. I love it. Uh, thank you, Liz. That's a, that's a new segment I like here it. on Careless Whisper. I like the honest feedback from Calvin. I don't like asking Liz. <laughs> I don't like the Ask Liz, Liz segment. That's great. Uh, anyway, uh, it is time for Liz Farola with some topical, topic-y topics. Great. Hey, hey Liz. Um, hey. First topic tonight is that it was Calvin's birthday the other day. Happy birthday! That's not a topic. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Topic number two. Well, I was looking at some, like, interesting articles about um, they did this study to find out where the drunkest states are in in North America. Is it here? I, I was wondering if we could make it into somewhat of a game. So they, they, like... Have a map a list of game, if you will. huh? Huh? I said a list, a list game, if you will. Sort of like a list uh-huh. game, yeah. Uh-huh. So they have a map of the United States, and they also have a, a small list of the top five drunkest states and the bottom five. So I was wondering if either of you could guess any of the states in the top five or the bottom five. Okay. Who's going yeah, first? who's going first? Sure. Um, since it was your birthday, Calvin, you can go first. <laughs> okay. 
I'm going to take a stab here based on some theories that I might have and say I'm going to I'm going to take an out of the box guess here and go with Oklahoma. Yep, you are wrong. <clears throat> what what should we do for the wrong uh, sound here? Let's find a good wrong sound. How about uh, this one? Oh, perfect. Obviously. Okay. We're guessing um, top five or bottom five. <clears throat> Are we doing top first? Oh, I thought we were just throwing anything out there. Uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll do top five first. I, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, the Aloha State, Hawaii. That's a, that's a terrible guess. <laughs> I thought they were all alcoholics out there. Okay, I'm going to test another theory here with another out-of-the-box guess. Alaska. Nope. Hold on, hold on a second. <laughs> is, it, is this drunkenness by numbers or drunken per capita? Okay, I will give you this. I probably should have given you a stat. So, it's the percentage of drinkers, adults who have had at least one drink of alcohol within the past 30 days. And it was at a certain time frame, okay. like a year ago. All right. All right, I'm going with Texas. Texas is not one of them. Yeah, right, this is going to take right, too long. Three more, three more guesses each. Three more guesses each. Three more guesses. Yeah, I'm losing momentum here. Guess. Okay. I'm really okay. disappointed that neither of you are guessing correctly. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I'm going to go with Wisconsin. Oh, my God. Wisconsin's the top one. That's number, number one? one. I've recovered well. I got number one. How did you get that? Bing! Survey says... I just thought... The first two I was testing wild theories. The third one I just... like. What state do people drink a lot? And Wisconsin popped into my head. Alright, alright. Because of Millie Wacky. Alright, go ahead. Wisconsin's a good one. That's a good one. Lightning round. Uh, Whatever. uh, Let's see. Uh... Uh, then I'm going to stick up in that area. I'm going to go with uh, Indiana. Nope. <laughs> Calvin? Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just try Massachusetts. It's good. Yep. Yep. Massachusetts is one of them. Top five. Yeah. We made it. I'll drink to that. All right, how about one more guess for you, Rory? One more guess. All right, uh, mm-hmm. I should have just said Massachusetts in the first place, but uh, let's uh, let's let's go down to the beautiful nope, state not on of there. Florida. So the top five, the top five are Wisconsin, Washington D.C., which was. Oh, I'm up. sorry. Come on! I'm sorry. You have to name number six as, as part of the top five. I reject that notion. It's not a state. Well, they only give me they only give state. me the top five. They they give me the top five. All right. So you are going to give um, us the top four. Okay, fine. Wisconsin, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, then, New England! Come on, New bottom, England! Get in. The bottom five are. You like beer. Um, like this beer. is going from most to least of the bottom five: Alabama, then Mississippi. 
then Tennessee, then West Virginia, and then Utah. This is ridiculous. That's They're crazy. lying. They all drink moonshine down there. Come on, let's let's be let's be real about this. Where, uh, what's the source for this, Farolo? What kind of a what kind of a topic are you bringing onto this show? This is a this is a reputable show. Is that even a it's, word? It's the CDC. It's reputable, but yeah, of course it is. <laughs> reputable. Real <laughs> <Still> thing. <laughs> reputable. Reputa. 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 Okay. Um. Last thing before. Oh, now this is not working. Okay, Um, last thing was that I was reading this story about this guy, he got arrested for robbing the same bank uh, twice in five years. Like, he robbed the bank, got arrested, went to jail for it, got out, and then robbed the same bank three years later. I have have a question. Did that story come from a reputable source? Because it is it's the AP. They're very reputable. Okay. They have a good reputation. Right, and I believe you. I believe you. Reputation? I'm trying to say it in the way that you say it. Um, and since, it's called and reputation. Since we've been guessing on, places. Right. I wanted to see if you had an idea of where this guy might be from. Where he might have Florida. Really it's not Florida. Florida. What's number two? No. Massachusetts. No. New Jersey. Number two. The armpit of America. New Jersey. Yeah. New Jersey sucks. I can say Nobody that because my mom is from New, New Jersey. Jersey. Look at that. Two Nancy's. So is mine. Both from Jersey. All right. Well, that's all I got. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Liz. That was... Okay. Thanks. <laughs> No, th- thank you. That was that was very wonderful. That was awesome. I feel like I'm pressing too many buttons here for uh, my my lady Pamela, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Thank you, Liz. Thank you so much. We love it. Awesome. It's like a remix. Okay. You know what I enjoy? <laughs> When, like, old What's DC's that, Nancy as, like, an insult to refer to someone, like, as a panty waist. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I could be in such a or Nancy. Or Sally. Okay. Just makes me laugh. <laughs> I feel like oh, nobody re- good stuff. People would say someone in... That's not a reputable name. To- okay. On to the next one. Bye, On to the next one. Bye. Goodbye. Funny, funny jokes. You guys got funny, funny jokes. <clears throat> I've been a mess this show, so let's uh, continue on with some serious NBA free agency discussion. The Celtics have re signed Jonas Jonas Jerebko. I'm going to say every word uh, that's iffy with two I different. Didn't see the- Pronunciations. So we have Jonas Jonas Jerebko Yerebko. So I don't know which one it is, but you can pick it. Jurebko, okay. you? People out there. Uh, no, but I could probably find it real quick. And I think it's just a. It's a very similar. Oh, where is this thing? It's probably similar to his last. Uh, the deal he had before, but I'll check that. And they've also signed uh, Amir Johnson to a two-year twenty. 
$4 million deal. Uh, uh, that just looks like an overpayment, and the Celtics are saying, eh, we got to pay somebody, so let's pay Amir Johnson. I like the player. $12 million a year is a little much for him, I think, Agreed. at this point. Um, and uh, I don't really know what Ainge is doing with that, but that appears to me, Calvin, that Brandon Bass will not be with the Celtics next year. I think the Celtics are going to let him walk, regardless of who signs or throws a deal at him, unless nobody throws a deal at him and they can underpay him. Uh, I think you've seen the last of Brandon Bass in a Celtics uniform with this Amir Johnson signing. So let me ask you this as a Celtics fan. I, I'm, I'm curious to know where you stand because, you know, I've done post-game shows and stuff for years, and everybody spends all the time talking about how, oh, the Celtics can never get a free agent. And right now I almost feel like mm-hmm. Danny Ainge's sort of his approach to free agency has been as if he, like, believes that mentality. Do you? Uh, just quickly, Drebko, oh, okay. two years, ten million, so five a year. So he's got he right, basically right. got the okay. mid level exception. So I guess the the point that I'm 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 making is like, you know, Lamarcus Aldridge, for example. He got he got a meeting with Toronto. Like, is he going to sign with the Raptors? Probably not. But at least they're making an attempt to sign him. Like, no. Right. Talk to these guys, right? Reach out. And there's only two things that could happen here, both of which are are bad for the Celtics. Either they've reached out and the players have said no thanks, or they haven't reached out. And what are you waiting for if you haven't reached out? And if they they say no thanks, then what did you do wrong? Like, what what more can they do besides put together a, a, a team that was... Some, somewhat exciting in, in the East last year, and a coach that is young and players are starting to respect. I don't, if free agents don't want to come to the Celtics in the next year or two, then I don't know what more this franchise can do to, to draw players. I don't know. I, do I, think? I, I, I feel don't like know. It's, a, it's a difficult position for the Celtics to be in because, one, again, they don't have the, the – the, you know, we've talked many times about how the, the best way to bring in a free agent is – is to have the star on your team who has friends, and they don't have they don't have a star on the team, so they don't have a guy who has friends. You know, I mean, Isaiah Thomas may have some friends, but he, as the best player on the Celtics, is probably not good enough to to really lure anybody there. So it's like if Danny Ainge can't get meetings with these guys, and as we talked about before, like they have all those draft picks, but like the value of those draft picks just declined. And it, there's not really a disgruntled free agent on the market, you know, in this coming up, in this coming midseason that you know maybe they could trade for before the deadline, except for potentially Kevin Garnett. I'm mean, Kevin Garnett, Kevin Durant. And I'm I'm sure somebody would be able to beat whatever the Celtics could offer for Durant. Okay, now hold on a second. I want to go back to it. You just okay. mentioned uh, Isaiah Thomas, and. People have been watching Isaiah Thomas very closely. Um, he made a comment on an Instagram post that, by DeMarcus Cousins saying, if they don't want you, I know who does. People said, oh, that means the Celtics are going to go after DeMarcus Cousins. He is now active on Twitter again, Calvin, and people are looking at this, and there have been a couple of reports on the radio in Boston. People are looking at this in Boston. I'm not sure if you've heard this yet because it's new today. 
but the Celtics obviously have signed Amir Johnson. That report is out there, and it, right. that's pretty, that's true. Isaiah Thomas followed Amir Johnson today. Okay, he also followed Tobias Harris and Draymond Green. And shortly after he followed Draymond Green, reports came out of Golden State that they had broke off, broken off talk, talks with with Green. So, people are taking this three. Twitter follows by Isaiah Thomas, and they're spinning it into the Celtics are going to go get Draymond Green and Tobias Harris because they've already signed Amir Johnson. Now, the question is not, do you believe it? The question is, if the Celtics were to get Draymond Green and Tobias Harris, is that good, a good enough free agency to make up for their poor draft? What do you think? And then I'll let you know uh, I what mean, I think. Well, I don't think that they're going to get either one of them. And the, the reason why I don't think that, you know, the same reason why I don't think the Lakers are going to get either one of them or, or anybody else, it's, you know, the, the heavy yoke that is restricted free agency. Like, Jimmy Butler wanted to come to the Lakers, but he couldn't because he's a restricted free agent. So he gave in and re-signed with Chicago. Like, there's, I, I think that this is going to get eliminated in the next collective bargaining agreement. Because I, I, I think they, they underestimated so. uh, how much restricted free agency was going to discourage other teams from making guys offers. If the team puts it out there like that, that they'll match anything that, that you know, a guy will get offered, you'll see uh, you know, team, other teams not make any contract offer at all for a guy because it ties up their cap space. I think if you can make an offer on those guys, on Tobias Harris and, and Draymond Green, Without tying up your calories, your, your calorie space. Without tying up your calorie space, you would do that because then you would, then you would be able to like make that offer to yeah to Draymond, and then also have enough calories left over to like eat some rice krispie treats or something. But because all yeah because all that goes to, you know it's tied up for three days. You can't make any other moves while you're make you if you want to make a move for Tobias, you can't make a move for Draymond. So you know what I mean? Like you, you, you're basically like handicapping teams to ridiculous levels, so guys like that don't get the deals that they want. And I, I think that Draymond will eventually get the deal that he wants. I think Tobias Harris, because, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, did Orlando sign anyone? No, no. I'm sorry, Paul Millsap re- rejected Orlando's offer, right? So Orlando still has the money. I think that they'll end up signing Harris, uh, back, but. I think either one of those guys would be a good fit on the Celtics, not as, you know, the final piece of the puzzle, but certainly, again, I think it's a smart move because the max right now is not going to be the max in a couple of years from now. So why not? You know, you can pay if, – if the salary cap is $90 million in a year and it's $108 million in two years, paying a guy $20 million – Two years from now, it's it's like, you know, almost in, it's like an average starter salary. So, well, I'll 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 tell you what Danny Ainge has done here is, is with these first two signings is he sort of set himself up to have a big 2017 2018. Uh, so I don't know who is going to be coming out in, in that free agent class, unrestricted or restricted, but it seems as though the cap is going to be up then as well, even higher. And 
Ainge is going to have a couple of guys coming off the books, uh, at least in, in Johnson and Jarebko, and uh, there are other right. guys that are going to line up with that as well. So I guess you can point to that as something. Maybe he's looking into the future again, and if, if you're a Celtics fan, I don't think that's something think that you, you want him to be doing right now. What you want is to be like, what do I have that other teams don't have? You know, Because every team's going to have that same situation. That's the thing that you don't realize. Like, so, so, right. Yeah, you you still need to have a bigger draw than right. and the, twenty nine right. other and because teams. they're all going to have that money. It's like the free agents are going to go where where they can play with other dudes. Like, it, it's going to be difficult in twenty seventeen for Danny Ainge to you know start with zero and then make a pit. You know, it, it's going to be hard for for Boston to be Miami, which is like the place where you can get three guys to come together, even if you have the money for three guys, three free agents to come together and play with each other right. in Boston. You know, that's a tough... Yeah. Right, but th- that's, that's, a, that's what it looks like he's pitch. trying to do. He's going to have to have that homegrown guy who wants to stay, who's friends with somebody else who can bring him in. It. You know, he's going to have to have that who that whoever. If, if he doesn't find him in the draft, He's going to have to trade for him. I, I guess that, that's why if I was age at this point, I would try to take a chance on a guy like Tobias Harris. Maybe you try to build him, you know, you, you uh, give him, try to give him more shots than he got in Orlando, try to build him into something, and, you know, maybe then he tries to bring somebody over. But I, I definitely think that they're going to have to find a way organically to either, either get lucky in the draft, which based on their position and, and you know, Again, the draft, at least for next year, and what they have right now, it, it's going to be difficult. Or find a way to trade for a guy, and with the value of their picks, I find that difficult to believe also. So I, I guess right now I'm saying I'm not sure what the road is for them. Well, I don't really know what the road is either, but I think our road is coming to this. I ask you, sir... Why would a man like LaMarcus Aldridge not be impressed with the wonderful glitz and glamour and excellence that is your Los Angeles League? Well, I mean, there's, there's, there's one reason why, Murray. One reason and one reason only. And, you know, it pains me to admit because I, I love the guy and I love everything he's done for the team. But... Since he's hurt his Achilles over the last couple of seasons, he's been he's been poisonary, uh-huh. especially in this free agency period. So right. uh, Lamarcus Lamarcus Aldridge was thought to be fifty fifty between the Spurs and Lakers, and there were even some reports that the Lakers were were favored to, to get him until he actually had his meeting with the Lakers, a meeting in which Kobe Bryant spoke to Lamarcus Aldridge and said that he could be his his next Pau Gasol. Like, Kobe, I love you, but how how can you be that delusional about what you want? Like, the Marcus Aldridge does not want to come here and play second fiddle to a guy who, you know, could barely walk last season. Like, you have to come here and say, look, mm-hmm. like, we're transitioning to a new era. Like, you you know, we want you to, to be the new face of the Lakers going forward. From your franchise next year, you can you can bring in whoever you want. Well, I'll be off the books. You can have all you know all my money. Blah blah blah. Instead, they just go in this direction. Like the Lakers aren't going to win a title next year, regardless. You know, the Marcus Aldridge, you know. So you have to sell him on the notion of like 
D'Angelo Russell future, you'll be able to, you know, Durant's going to be a free agent. Like, you know, maybe we can get him, Russell Westbrook. You know, you have to sell him on the future, which I think. So, this this is perfect. This is perfect. Now, do you do you uh, do know, know the name Baxter, Baxter Holmes? Holmes? He he used to work for the Boston Globe. He was a Boston guy. Now he's out there in L.A. So I'm, I don't know if you you read his stuff in the newspaper or if he's just working for ESPN. But he's definitely covering. It has has been covering the Lakers, and he is w- one of the people that uh, contributed to the report that I'm looking at right now, along with another man named Calvin. Actually, Calvin Watkins. Uh, I'm looking at ESPN.com, and they are dropping the Phoenix Suns as a destination for LaMarcus Aldridge as, as well because he doesn't like to play power forward, uh, and they picked up Tyson Chandler. So the Suns are making a push, but I don't think that's a place that he wants to go. You're right on when you say it was probably the Lakers or the Spurs, and the Spurs are a team that are going to present to him that you are the future of the San Antonio Spurs. And they're going to say, look what Tim Duncan has done over the last X amount of years. You can do this for the next 10 years yourself with Kawhi Leonard, with whoever they have coming up through the system. Danny Green just signed an extension. They really like him. And it's the exact opposite pitch of what the Lakers seem to have given them. And what's the, the only difference, Calvin, you're right, is Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant is the guy that's screwing the Lakers over. And to me... That is so so succulent and Wait, wonderful. Wait, what what's the I number that it. Danny Green signed at? I, the the theory was that in order to sign Aldridge, they wouldn't be able to sign Green. That's why they fit. The Spurs I'll, had. I'll check that right the Spurs now. Spurs traded Thiago Twitter basically for nothing to Atlanta to try to free up enough space to get Aldridge. Yeah. In the, yes, Splitter was traded. Yes, that's correct. Uh, let me get Danny Green's numbers. Uh, four years, forty-five million. Interesting. So, so with the combined with the cap hole, timeout, timeout. Combined with I'm the cap hole, then what? Ginobili. Okay. Yeah, combined so with the cap hole, I'm going to totally have enough go. Under yes. the cap to make a max offer to Aldridge. My understanding was that they wouldn't. Well. I, that they'd have, um, the, I mean, the thought was that they were going to have to let Danny Green and um, and what's his name? So, so the, the uh, Bruce. So Broussard is reporting that Green signed, and Green okay. is tweeting as well that he signed. Okay, and he's tweeting at Lamarcus Aldridge to say, "Hey, come on down." And so maybe the question is, is Aldridge going to take a slight pay cut to be promised a guarantee uh, in, say, I don't know four years or three years for that matter of a, of a higher paycheck when it's him and green and Leonard. Uh, and I mean, maybe you can't necessarily promise a player something like that, but you can sort of, like I said, say to him, look what Tim Duncan just did. We can make you into this type of player. We'll surround you with guys. Maybe Aldridge doesn't take a max deal from the San Antonio Spurs because he's that much more impressed uh, than he is yeah, with your Lakers, Calvin. What do you think? I, I think you know, future-wise, you can make an you can make an argument for the Lakers over the Spurs because Duncan is re- retiring. You know, in, in a year apparently, Ginobili's going to retire in a year. Uh, Parker's going to to age 
in my opinion, I, I don't think he's going to age well because he's not a great shooter and essentially relies on his speed. I like, yeah, I, you know, they do have Kawhi Leonard, but he's not a he's not a great offensive player. I feel like for for the next season, it makes a lot of sense to go to the Spurs. He has a chance to win a title, like. But beyond that, like the Spurs will sort of be stuck with the the team that they have, which I don't see as a contending team. So it's an, it's an interesting conundrum. But uh, I I guess. I mean, if if I'm a Marcus Aldridge, I don't know how much less I take, considering I already left the money on the on the table with the Blazers. Although that's less relevant now, also because of the way you know again the cap's going up, so he might you know you want a four year deal rather than a five year deal in the first yeah. place. Um, right. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. That the Danny Green thing's sort of throwing me for a loop and making me think, you know, maybe he maybe the Suns do have a look at him. Oh well, then I didn't. I don't think they do. I, I think the, the Spurs are still the destination because, I mean, what, do you think he actually? If the Suns really have themselves together down there, then I guess it's possible that he could consider himself like a championship contender over the next few years, or over the, the remainder of his, his career down there. But uh, he just, to me, feels like a guy that wants to win a title and then contend again. And I think if he wins with the Spurs this year, they can still come back with Leonard the next year and reload a little bit if Duncan retires and Ginobili retires and Parker. Maybe, who knows? Maybe they trade Parker off. Who knows at that point? Maybe they become ruthless. Uh, well, I think that that's just a better spot well, for, for him in the Popovich future. Popovich has also said he'll retire well. when Duncan retires. So then you're, you, you know, you're also you're basically you know committing for one year of stability and then chaos. So I, but I, I, I think it's. I think that's, in all these cases, it's, it's more of the fact that he respects Duncan specifically, and he's a Texas guy. I, I think that's why, you know, I mean, other than the fact that the Lakers blew their presentation, but that's why San Antonio was involved in the process in the first place. Poor Lakers. Poor, poor Lakers. Um, okay, well, before before we end this free agent talk, we should uh, touch on a few other free yeah, agents, okay. right? I think there's some other kind of big big stuff that has gone down. Uh, let's let's start sort of in the middle, I guess. Actually, let's let's start at the heart. How about that? Okay, I'll put it that. Yeah. Way. Well, why, don't, why don't we just talk free agents next week? Let's, we'll have a better idea of what's going on next week. Well, I okay, I, I, I just want to drop this one then, because Paul, Paul Pierce and the Clippers have a deal in place, according to sources. Uh, so that's at the heart for me because he's a Celtic at heart. And that's at the heart for him as well, Calvin, uh, because he's going home to Los Angeles. And apparently it's a three-year deal to spread the cap hit out a little bit. I don't know what the, the money is uh, yet, but the sources are saying that it's, here we go, three years, $10 million, $10.6 million to go to the Clippers. So Pierce is going to reunite with uh, Doc Rivers, and I don't know how many minutes he's going to play over those next few years. But uh, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, the Clippers traded their starting small forward in Matt Barnes, so I, I I think they need a small forward. And if they don't, you know, move Jamal Crawford for another string man, you could easily see Pierce in the starting lineup. And I I still think Paul Pierce is a productive player. I mean, at this point, ideally, he sort of works as that that small ball four. But I think the the Clippers, you know, offense works well enough. Uh, 
you know, between him and Blake, you could just sort of put Pierce in a corner and, you know, set him up with Chris Paul. I like the fit. Yeah. Place your bets. Place your bets. Clippers to win the West next year, going to the NBA cool. Finals. Clippers, right now. I'm calling it. Paul Pierce is going to bring bring that toughness that Doc Rivers is looking for and that he's complained about in the past with with his Clippers team out there. And uh, boy, oh boy, is that going to be interesting. I I hate to root for a team from L.A., but if it's going to be a team from L.A., I, I'd rather it be the Clippers than the Lakers. So uh, good for Paul Pierce going home, and I'm sure he's going to have a great time out there. And uh, I'm excited to see him play. Another three years. I hope he plays all three years because I do love watching Paul Pierce play. Yeah, I don't. I, I, that I don't won't know. Stop for me. Uh, I don't. I said. You don't, I don't wait, know. You don't know I what? think that Paul Pierce is known for his toughness, but certainly he'll bring an element of. Certainly he'll bring an element is, of toughness yeah. that, that that we lack. But I don't. Yeah, sure. toughness is a different matter. I think. Well, I'm, in the in the locker room, I think people look at him as a tough competitor and a, and a guy that gives his all and knows how to win games, and that's that's going to go a long way in that locker room, if you ask me. Yeah, I guess it'll be it'll remain to be seen. You know, that's sort of a divided locker room anyway. It'll be it'll remain to be seen. You know, whether he's a Chris Paul guy or a Blake Griffin guy. I mean, I guess the the answer is probably obvious, but. Mm. He's going to be a Chris Paul guy, right? Yeah. Chris Paul, right? Yeah, I was going to say Chris Paul, for sure. Uh, All right, that's going to do it for us. And uh, good luck to Kevin Garnett in Minnesota. Because as we know... Anything's possible! That's right. right. I was just testing you, Pamela, because that's what killed our show last time. Thank you, everybody, and good night, Calvin. Save the show!